I'm Alexa Lauren, and welcome to my podcast, Heart of a Seeker. Today's episode is called Anxious Tides. We'll be talking about anxiety and how it can rise up and sometimes almost feel consuming, like it's taking over like an ocean. I personally have dealt with anxiety from a very young age and depression, so I'll be speaking from a personal experience. I am not a mental health professional, so this is something that I have done to deal with my own anxiety and depression, and maybe it can help you too. So I'm going to share with you guys today things that I have done and ways that I have learned to combat the waves of anxiety that sometimes try to overtake me personally. So I want to open up a prayer. I just want to say, Father God, thank you for today. I pray that you would just release any anxiety that is happening right now, Lord, from anyone listening, from myself, Lord. I pray that you would begin to move through us and give us wisdom and peace, Father God. May we just allow the waves of peace to crash over us, Father God, and wash over us, Lord, and that your word would bring truth and light into our lives and that we would learn to cling on it so that we can have encouragement and that we can also have hope, Lord, in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I wanted to, again, start off by talking about anxiety. And often when I'm going to talk about a message, I sometimes ask myself questions. And today I want to share some of the questions that I personally ask myself. What do you do when your past keeps knocking? I feel that sometimes the past often can trigger our anxiety at times, depending what the root is. Have you made choices in your life that have triggered your anxiety because you're worried about it coming to light or that maybe you didn't do something that you thought you should have done or you're dealing with the consequences of your past and something you did do and so now you have anxiety because of the root. So I kind of want to focus on getting to the root of what may be causing your anxiety as we journey through this episode together today. How do we combat these thoughts and feelings? What does the word of God say? In Matthew 6.34, it says, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. David shows us to always turn towards God in our anxiety, in our affliction, in our depression. I often find a lot of comfort reading the Psalms. There have been times and times again, I have just found so much encouragement through the Psalms because I often feel like David truly understands the struggle of the person who is battling anxiety and depression and struggling with grief and pain and the consequences of his choices. In Psalms 25, 16 through 20, it says, For I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart have enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Look on my affliction and my pain and forgive all my sins. Consider my enemies, for they are many, and they hate me with cruel hatred. Keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in you. There are a few things I want to point out in this passage. It says, for I am desolate and afflicted. He feels alone. He feels like no one's there. He doesn't know who to turn to. He feels all this 
all this stuff on top of him, all these burdens. And then it says, the troubles of my heart have enlarged. And that just makes me even think personally when I've had anxiety and my heart is literally pounding and racing and I feel anxious and I feel like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Why did I do that? What are the consequences now? Oh my gosh, I messed up. And I begin to just have all these thoughts begin to just consume me and take over. And it becomes to really take over in the sense of the troubles in my heart have enlarged. And it says, bring me out of my distresses. It's like, Father God, please help me get out of this place that I'm in. Like, help me take control of my thoughts and all the things that I'm struggling with because they're beginning to take over take over me. It says, look at my affliction and my pain and forgive me of all my sins. So sometimes the anxiety might come from the way we handled a particular situation Maybe the way we treated our spouse, the way we treated our child, maybe we lied, maybe we got abusive in a situation, or we weren't good stewards of what God gave us, or we're just constantly worrying and not really turning towards God and trusting Him. Then he goes on to say, "'Consider my enemies, for they are many, and they hate me with cruel hatred.'" Sometimes we are so worried about what other people think about us People might be talking bad about us behind our backs or to our face. Maybe we feel rejected by people, but we have to realize that that's not our problem. If they feel a certain way about us, we need to just give that to God and continue forward. And then it says, keep my soul and deliver me. This was very interesting to me, this part. It was keep my soul. It's like, here, God, I give you my soul. I give you these anxious thoughts. I give you these things that are worrying me. And please deliver me in the process. I'm submitting to you. And please deliver me from these feelings of anxiousness that he's struggling with. It says, let me not be ashamed. How many times in our past have we allowed or just in our present, have we allowed the past to bring anxiety, to be like, oh my gosh, I made the mistake. What if someone finds out? What if, you know, now you have to live with the consequences of the choices you made? And so it, he's saying like, don't allow me to be ashamed. He asks for forgiveness. He submits his heart to God. And he tells him to be to please deliver him. And on top of that, he's now asking not to be ashamed. And so that to me shows me that David really sought God in the struggle, in the moments that he was really having a difficult time. So my question would then be, what is the root of your anxiety? What is the root of your anxiety? If you could stop and think for a moment, when anxiety begins to take over what is normally the first thing you think of that begins to trigger the down spirals of thoughts? I just want you to take a moment to really think about that. In Psalms twenty-seven thirteen, David says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I know I have personally felt this way, that there are times where if it was not for my faith and believe, belief in God, that I probably would not be here today. There were so many times I allowed these down spirals of thoughts to consume me, and it was 
when I felt like that wave rising up, those those waves coming up on shore and they just start kind of coming up and going higher and higher. And it's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And I had to learn in those moments to seek God. I began to pray in those moments. I began to ask God to help me, just like David shows us in the Psalms, to seek God. In 14, he goes on to say, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Sometimes the anxiety might be coming from a place of impatience. Maybe you're being impatient. Maybe there's something you want to see come to pass in your life, but you are so busy trying to help God make that happen that you're running ahead of him, rushing into things that maybe you should not be rushing into that are now causing anxiety or you want to people please. You want to make somebody else happy. So you're denying yourself of what you feel is right or you know you should be doing to make that other person happy. And now you're struggling with the constant daily anxiety because you're doing something that God did not call you to do. And so I love this verse where he says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. So next time that maybe you're going to make a decision, it's okay to set boundaries. Sometimes the anxiety comes from not setting proper boundaries with people. I struggled with this for years. I didn't even know what boundaries was until my late 20s. I was probably like 27, 28 years old. I started learning about boundaries and that it was okay to say no. I hadn't realized that so many times my anxiety stemmed from wanting to please others, from wanting to do what other people wanted me to do, not doing what I felt was the right thing to do. And that began to cause a lot of anxiety in my life. And I didn't know how to say no. And when I didn't say no, I'd put myself in positions I was never supposed to be in in the first place because of my own doing. And later I would be sitting there regretting the choices I made or regretting the things I did and then having to live with the consequences of those choices. What I love about David is that he's real. David is authentic. He is real about his struggle. I remember when I was married the first time and my ex-husband was struggling with addiction and I didn't want to talk to anybody about it because I did not... A, I want people to know my business. I didn't want them to know what was going on. And mind you, I was going to church at this time. I got baptized at the age of 21, and I had promised to submit myself fully to God, although my relationship with God started earlier than that. But it wasn't until I was 21 that I decided to really submit myself to God and the things of God. Now, unfortunately, I didn't have the best examples, nor did I love myself or know what self-love was, and I was looking for somebody to give me the love I always wanted and desired because I felt very empty growing up. I share all this to say that so many times I remember in that relationship, I wanted to talk to someone, and I was like, can can someone please just be real with me? Can someone please tell me their struggle? Can someone please tell me how they got through this? And I think that so many times we want to put on this persona and act like we're a certain person and not really allow people to see the hurt and pain in our heart. And I think that's what I love about David is that he came to the Father. He went to God and he was like, God, here I am. 
These are my mistakes. These are the things I'm struggling with. Please help me. The Bible even says to seek godly counsel. There's nothing wrong with going to speak to someone about your struggles and the things you're going through. I actually think it's very healthy to seek counseling, whether it's godly counseling, whether it's a therapist, whether it's a psychologist, whatever you feel the Lord is leading you to to get the help you need. There's nothing wrong with seeking someone to help guide you. So with that being said, I have learned to not only seek God, but I also personally went to biblical counseling for over six years. I've also talked with uh, mental health professionals as well in the past to begin to learn to deal with some of these struggles. But it was the first step of me having to admit that I was having a very hard time and I needed help. So from there, I see this with David is that he goes and he talks to God and he's not afraid to be real. And the best and most beautiful thing is God already knows you. We can't hide from him. We can't pretend or put on that fake persona because he sees right through it. He knows us. He made us, right? I remember sometimes I would try and lie to my dad. And I remember my dad would be like, you're my kid. I know you like the back of my hand. And it just kind of made me laugh because it was like I wanted him to not know maybe something I was doing or I'd lied to him out of fear of him getting angry. But at the end of the day, I couldn't lie to my dad because he saw right through me. And there's a scripture in Psalms 139.4 where it says, Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely. So what does that tell us? God formed us in our mother's womb. That's from Psalms 139. And this is verse 4. And from there he says, But before a word is even on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely meaning we can't hide from God. He already knows. So why are we not just coming and talking to him as a father and friend? When I was 19 years old, I was really having a difficult time at that point. I A little bit of what part of my issues were growing up was when I was 12 years old, I came to live with my dad. And my mom stayed in Nicaragua. My parents were divorced. And I personally began to fall into depression. I I had a very hard time being away from my mother. I was a big mama's girl. And my dad was not the most affectionate person growing up. So I had a very hard time. My parents were polar opposite. My mom was extremely affectionate. My father was more of a business-minded person. So I got a little bit of both worlds. But growing up, I had a very hard time kind of understanding what was happening. So by the age of 19, I was really struggling with depression. I was crying every single day. I had no idea I was depressed. And I remember at that point around the age of like 16, 17, God had placed two friends in my life that began to plant seeds in my heart and who God was. So at 19, at that point, I just was like, I need to do something. Something needs to change because I cannot continue living like this. So I began to seek God and I sought God actually by myself. I went into my room. I began to pray to him. I began to look for him. It wasn't in a church. I eventually went looking for a church so I could connect with other people that could guide me and help me and teach me and connect with other like-minded people. But originally, it was a Bible in my bedroom and me reading the Word of God and praying and listening to podcasts actually years ago. And ultimately, that's where my relationship with God began, when I began seeking him and praying and asking him to help me. And over time, I began to find comfort in the word of God. 
And that's when I also realized God was my friend and not just my father, but that I could actually talk to him like a friend, which is what I needed because I felt very alone growing up. I realized that God was that person for me that I could begin to journal and write to and speak to, and I didn't feel alone. So what I like as we continue to journey through Psalms is in Psalms 28, 6, 7, David goes on to say, Blessed be the Lord, because he has heard my voice and my supplications. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song I will praise him. So I love how David shows us that, A, he was real. He was authentic. Then from there, he begins to just confess and just say, you know what, God, forgive me of my sins. Please help me. He begins to cast his burdens and his anxiety upon God. And just from there continues saying, you know what? Wait on him. Don't give up. Don't get discouraged is what he's pretty much telling us. And in the end, he shows us that God hears us, that God helps us, that God delivers us. And then he rejoices. And then joy comes, right? He becomes and thanks him and says, blessed be to God. So this week, I just want to encourage you to seek him and just begin to be real with him. Talk with God. He already knows your struggles. Let him take it away. Put it at his feet. Let him begin to minister to you and strengthen you. And if you need help, don't be afraid to go get counseling. Don't be afraid to seek godly wisdom. Don't be afraid to talk to somebody because sometimes we need that. And there's nothing wrong with that. I know it's helped me a lot personally. And just know that God is a God that keeps his promises and he cannot lie and he will help us if we seek him and he will deliver us. But we also have to see our part. What is the trigger? What are the things that we're doing? Are we trying to people please? Are we trying to let other outside circumstances, you know, that we can't control cause our anxiety? Are we constantly worrying? What is the trigger? What is the root of our anxiety. And that's something I want us to think about this week and begin to give it to God as we begin to tear down and pull out those roots. So right now, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this word. I thank you that you're a good father. I pray that we can rejoice and thank you for being able to deliver us and that we would submit everything to you, Father God. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that the anxiety will not stay when the tides try to come. Lord, that we would submit it quickly to you, that we would take every thought captive, submit it at your feet, that we would be quick to ask for forgiveness when we make a mistake, that we would begin to see the areas in our lives that maybe we're not making the right choices that might be the root of our anxiety. So today we just ask you for revelation and we ask for peace, Lord, that your perfect peace would come upon us, Lord, as we submit things to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.